the dust has settled and we can now try to figure out what went wrong for the Hoosiers at the Bryce Jordan Center on Sunday as they fell to Penn State on the road, a game they should have won. Uh, There are a lot of reasons they didn't. Mike Woodson talked on his radio show on Monday. We're going to recap that, take a look at where things went awry for the Hoosiers and how they may possibly look to fix some of those things moving forward. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, January 4th. This, as always, is Locked on Hoosiers, your daily source for IU news, analysis, uh, recaps, previews. We're going to try to dig into where things went wrong on Sunday in today's episode. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. Hope those of you in Bloomington stay safe. I know there was a, a scary incident on campus on Monday night. Hope you guys uh, stay safe out there. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers part of your day every day and your first listen every day. Just a reminder, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Hoosiers. Today's sponsor is Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. As always, guys, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow me at uh, Jacob Rude. Follow the show at uh, LO underscore Hoosiers. Follow us on Instagram at Locked on Hoosiers. On Twitter uh, at LO Hoosiers, as I j- LO underscore Hoosiers, as I just said. Uh, I did a kind of thread looking at some of the film from Sunday's game, looking at the defense, um, where the pick and roll issues came from, the coverages that IU was using, how they changed things, uh, things of that nature. Went through about a dozen clips and tried to explain the good, the bad, the ugly, where IU was switching things up. So, you guys can go check that out if you want. Let's dive into this game and look at some more where things went good, bad, and ugly. I'm going to use Mike Woodson's radio appearance as some talking points for uh, things because he had his weekly radio show on Monday. It's just easy jumping off points on a lot of things. So the offense continues to be an issue. Uh, Mike Woodson at one point after the Notre Dame game, said that they were going to go back to the drawing board. Not much has changed. So go back back to the drawing board, turn the drawing board over. I'm not sure what they need to do, but a lot of the issues remain the same. There isn't much movement. There's a lot of reliance on Trace Jackson Davis in the post. When teams are able to stop that, limit that, or defend that, uh, they there isn't a lot the Hoosiers do elsewhere to create buckets and more or less. That's what Mike Woodson said on Monday. Uh, quote, I like the floor to be more open in college. You've got to have pick and roll play. 
We've not been very good in that area. That's why we've kind of converted to posting up. So let's talk about those two kind of play styles uh, that he mentioned there, the pick and roll and posting up. So posting up is obviously a pretty huge part of IU's offense. Uh, I went and looked at some of the synergy data, which measures play type. It measures so much stuff that it's hard to even grasp the amount of things that they measure. But post-ups consist of 14.4% of IU's offense. They've had 150 possessions uh, posting up. Obviously, the majority of those to Trace Jackson Davis, he is at 104 of those 150. Um, They're scoring 0.92 points per possession on those plays. So... Only 11 teams in the nation have run at least 150 post-ups, as the Hoosiers have. IU is 10th in the country in the percentage of their offense that is post-ups, which means the fact that they're at 0.92 points per possession, which is the 74th percentile, it's not great. Uh, Post-ups in general just aren't an efficient way of scoring. Uh, especially in modern basketball, even with Trace Jackson Davis, uh, even with as great as he is, uh, he's an All-American. It's just not an efficient way to play basketball. He ranks in the 72nd percentile himself, and he's not even at a point per possession. So while relatively speaking, he's playing better than... um, a lot of people in the country, when you compare that to other ways of scoring, it's not a great form of offense. That being said, the Hoosiers are in the 90th percentile in post-ups, including passes, which means when Trace Jackson Davis kicks it out, ball gets rotated around, things like that. Uh, When teams are hard doubling him in the post, not necessarily specifically him, but when teams hard double the post, which is almost exclusively Trace, the Hoosiers are in the 89th percentile. Uh, So, again, relatively good, but it's just not good offense. And that's what Mike Woodson's kind of comments are about. Then you look at the pick-and-roll offense for this team. They only have 103 possessions that have ended with the pick-and-roll ball handler. Um, Again, that is 273rd out of 358 schools in terms of just the raw number of possessions that have ended with the pick-and-roll ball handler scoring, missing, getting fouled, um, assisting, things like that. There, This is stunning to me. There have only been 29 roll man possessions on offense this year, which is 293rd. So, again, pretty self-explanatory, a possession that ends with the the roll man from a pick and roll scoring, missing, getting fouled, passing to or for an assist, things like that. There have only been 29 of those. 15 of them are from Trace, and he's scoring 1.467 points per possession on those, which is the 92nd percentile. That kind of gives you something to compare to 1.467 points per possession super efficient offense. Compare that to the 0.92 points per possession the Hoosiers are getting 
from post-ups, even though they rank in the top quarter uh, in the nation in that. So that gives you an idea of while the Hoosiers post up a lot, while Trace is great at it, while um, they've been good at offense out of that, it's not the best way to run offense. And obviously the the Hoosiers wouldn't be able to sustain that level, uh, that 1.46 points per possession um, in a greater sample size, but it needs to be a larger sample size than what they've had because they can't, they can't rank that low. They have guys that are able to do it. Both trace and race are good role guys. The numbers back that up, especially trace Um, Xavier Johnson's really good at getting to the rim, Um, hit and miss once he gets to the rim, but he's really good at getting to the rim and the Hoosiers should be able to take advantage of that. They just have not found ways to do that yet. Again, Mike Woodson seems to suggest that they need to do that, but he's at times suggested things like completely revamping the offense that hasn't come about. So we'll see if that's a part of their game plan more moving forward, starting on Thursday against Ohio State. It should be because it's just a more efficient way to run offense, creates more stuff. Uh, you have your kickouts, your uh, your ball handler can get to the rim, your roll man can get to the rim, your roll man can kick out. There's just a lot more offense that can come from that. So I just wanted to dive into the numbers, look at some of the synergy numbers as to why this Hoosier offense hasn't really been all that efficient uh, this season based on some of the stuff Mike Woodson had said. He obviously had other stuff he talked about in the radio show, uh, including a Trey Galloway update, um, some stuff on Rob Finnessy, a couple other things that we will dive into. First, though, guys, I have an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. It's really easy. I actually downloaded and used it tonight. It's simple. You download it, um, and you just click where you're going to get gas. Um, they'll have some type of offer there. Uh, you click claim, you drive to the gas station, check in when you're there. Uh, you have to enter the first, enter some of the numbers of your credit card and then just fill up and simple as that. You'll get your cash back in two to four days on the app. I use the promo code score, uh, to get, uh, some extra money back on my first fill up. Uh, it can be up to 50%, 50 cents back. Um, you don't have to pay full price at the pump anymore. Uh, just get the cash back using Get Upside. Download the app. Use that promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents off per gallon. Uh, some people who are driving a lot are making two to $300 a month in cash back. There's no catch. There was no catch when I used it. It's simple. You just hit claim. You drive there. You pump the gas and you leave. That's all you have to do. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, to PayPal. Uh, You can get a gift card to Amazon, other brands. It's simple. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents off per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code SCORE. Also, guys, Bet Online has you covered 
throughout the new year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Uh, the college football national title game is obviously coming up. NFL playoffs are coming up, and Bet Online is your number one spot for all the action. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using promo code Locked On. We're trying to give you free money everywhere today. Come on, guys. <laughs> Let us give you money. Uh, from basketball to football, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games, these guys have you covered with all sorts of amazing offers. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of the new amazing offers. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Again, we are free and available on all platforms. Let's look at some of the other things Mike Woodson talked about on Monday. Uh, guard play was obviously a topic. Rob Finnessy. Uh, coach said he is playing much better. I think he's starting to step up and accept the challenge, which is what we need. Uh, something that stuck out, and it probably should, when I was watching the film, I was not watching the offensive possessions. I was simply skipping past them. Defensively, I mean, Rob Finnessy is still a really good defender. Uh, there's a marked, marked difference between him fighting over a screen versus uh, Parker Stewart or at times as Xavier Johnson, he's just a lot more sound defensively, um, able to navigate screens, stay in front of guys, force tough shots without fouling, things like that. Um, he's hit and miss at times offensively. It still feels like there's a pretty wide variance in between him playing well and playing badly on the offensive end. Uh, there were a couple possessions in that first half where he kind of over-penetrated, got into the air under the basket, and was left trying to make some play before he landed out of bounds. It's stuff like that that you would hope your veteran guard would not do. Just in general, the guard play has to be better. I know we're beating a, a dead horse saying this. This team is only going to go as far as its guards will take it, even on Sunday. Trace Jackson Davis tried to carry that team in the second half, even though he wasn't having his best game, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do enough. So uh, there were more than a few possessions that were head scratchers, a couple really quick shots from Xavier Johnson at times offensively. Um, I, I, there's a lot that the guards need to pick up. I know a lot of people have talked about Christian Lander, Again, I'm on the I'm on your side here, but it's not really an argument worth making because Mike Woodson just wholly does not agree and just is not going to play him. So I think he should play. I've made my arguments for him, but ultimately that's just not an option right now. Uh, speaking on uh, Trace Jackson Davis again, Mike Woodson reiterated that uh, Trace quote can't play 33 minutes and get five rebounds. Um, that's something I also saw on the tape. Just, I don't know, it seemed like Trace was in a bit of a funk at times on Sunday. Um, and it led to him giving up some offensive rebounds that typically he would clean up and, and not allow the other team to handle. So uh, he has to be better in that regard. 
Trey Galloway, uh, Mike Woodson said that Galloway has a good chance to play uh, against Ohio State on Thursday. Excited for that. Excited to see him back in the rotation. And then on Parker Stewart and Miller Cop, I used two three-point shooting threats. Uh, Woodson said, quote, they've struggled, but I've got to help them. I just do. We were 4 of 17 on threes last night uh, on Sunday. We've been shooting the three ball pretty well and defending it pretty well. It kind of went the other way on a Sunday, and we've just got to make sure we don't let that happen again. He also mentioned uh, having them come off screens more. Um, Again, just looking at the synergy numbers, that is not something that the Hoosiers just do at all. It's not something a ton of teams do, um, having shooters come off screens. unless you have a really good sharpshooter of some sort, a J.J. Redick type, he was coming off screens all the time. Um, the I'm sure there's there's others I'm blanking on, but um, James Blackman, he came off screens a lot off the ball. It's not something the Hoosiers have done this season with Stewart, Cop, anybody, Tamar Bates. Um, it only accounts for 4.2% of their offense, only 44 possessions on the season and they're only in the 26th percentile on those possessions. Um, and cop and Stewart are 19 of those 44 possessions mixed bag of results from them. And that fantasy is next Tamar Bates is up there. So it'll be interesting to see if the Hoosiers again, it's, it's a lot of stuff that Mike Woodson says the team needs to do. I, it'd be great if there was all this level of movement, um, on the offense, but it's also probably unrealistic to expect them to do that in three days. They didn't practice on Monday because of NCAA rules, so th- I guess two days. They have Tuesday and Wednesday to practice before Thursday's game, and you're not going to get a, a revamped offense of, of that level. So it'll be in- incremental stuff, just seeing a little bit more of it um, each game if it happens. But, again, in theory it's nice because this offense needs – a big facelift, but uh, we will see whether the team is able to do that. Last thing on the bench, they didn't play much outside of fantasy on Sunday. Um, nobody played more than nine minutes that Jordan Geronimo played, again, outside of fantasy. Uh, quote, I've got to get Tamar back up to speed. He's had some personal issues going on. Uh, big Mike Durr is still trying to find his way. Anthony Leal has played a little bit. Geronimo. I can't be more pleased for a player. He's going or he's been great when he's come into the game. I'm happy in that regard. I've got to get solid rotation again going. Uh, you're going to add Trey Galloway to that, if not on Thursday, uh, probably the game after, sometime in the near future. Wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Leal's minutes just kind of fully disappear with Galloway coming back. But there's a lot, a lot he needs to balance. But I do think it needs to be better than what it was on Sunday. Uh, just having, but you're basically heavily relying on six guys, and especially with how poor things were going offensively, just didn't make sense to only have six guys out there, um, and uh, no one else, not even trying anything else really, in that second half. So we'll see if the rotation expands a bit again on Thursday. That's all the men's basketball stuff. We have women's basketball 
update with the polls. They moved up, not shocking, after beating Maryland. And some men's soccer news for Roman Celentano. Bittersweet news, it sounds like. So we'll jump on both those. First, though, this is it, guys. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, your inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash locked. As I mentioned, the women's basketball team moved up on Monday. Or Yes, on Monday. Sorry, I've lost track already. We go back to work one day, and I've already lost track of the days. On Monday, they go or they move up to number six in the polls. You beat the number six team, you take their spot. I guess that's how things work. Uh, they are up from number eight. Um, in the polls, not shocking that they went up. Here's your surprise of the day. Some of you may have seen South Carolina lost to Missouri uh, on a last-second shot on uh, last week. I can't remember specifically what day it was. Despite losing last week, South Carolina remained number one in the polls, which is not something I can ever remember. Certainly not when every team under them didn't also lose. Uh, South Carolina stayed number one in the AP Top 25. Here's why. They have beat five top tens already this season. They've beat the number two team twice. Uh, This isn't the first time it's happened. Back in the 80s, Louisiana Tech was a powerhouse. They had a 54-game win streak snapped. They stayed number one the next week. Not quite to that level um, on Monday. Still, I mean, it's one of those things where South Carolina is clearly the best team in the country. Typically, though, when you lose, you fall in the polls. So it's one of those things of tradition versus reality. Reality is that South Carolina is the best team in the country. Tradition normally just says they don't stay number one in the polls. I honestly kind of like it. If you're the best team in the country just because you lose one game doesn't mean you're no longer the best team in the country. Uh, so hats off to them for staying number one. Hoosiers are number six. NC State right above them at number five. Stanford, number two. A couple teams that Hoosiers have lost to this season. Maryland drops to number 10. Michigan is number eight in the polls. So uh, still some big Big Ten games uh, on the horizon. Ohio State, another game or another team the Hoosiers have beaten have dropped out of the polls, but Kentucky is number 21. So Hoosiers have a couple of top 25 wins, not including Ohio State, who was ranked at the time until the Hoosiers 
uh, beat them pretty handily. So uh, they Hoosiers stay a top 10 team. They'll be in action on Wednesday. We'll preview that one for you tomorrow. They're number four in NCAA.com's power rankings. Just kind of looking around to see different rankings like that, see who was taking notice. ESPN had them down at like number seven, number eight, uh, while also noting they beat a top 10 team. Uh, I'm not going to get mad about power rankings, though. Just it's fun to be able to look around CIU women's basketball getting national attention. Last thing for the day, Roman Celentano, back-to-back. Big Ten Goalkeeper of the Year. I believe he's the first person to do that. Huge, huge, huge part of the men's soccer team over the last handful of seasons. Sounds like he's probably not going to be back in Bloomington next year. He's a rumored Generation Adidas signing for the MLS. Now, I will explain what Generation Adidas is. Uh, The MLS only allows players to be drafted after four years. Um, in college, Generation Adidas was created to kind of keep teams in Europe from coming in and poaching top college soccer talent. So Generation Adidas gives out uh, six kind of contracts of sorts to um, players who normally wouldn't be draft eligible, but uh, are so talented that they've kind of earned it. Uh, and Roman Salantano is one of those players, it sounds like, this season. They haven't announced it yet. The Super Draft, it's called the MLS Super Draft. It's apparently better than a regular draft. Um, it is uh, coming up. The first mock draft from Top Drawer Soccer um, was released on Monday. It included Salantano. Uh, in there, not only included him, it had him as the number three pick to Toronto. Uh, so it certainly seems like it's it's probably likely that Celentano leaves uh, Bloomington this year. Honestly, excited for him, be happier for him. Um, I'm always excited to see these guys um, make it at the next level, whether it's NFL, NBA, um, baseball. Uh, I reluctantly rooted for Kyle Schwarber as a Reds fan for a long time with the Cubs. Um, So to see Celentano, the latest Hoosier soccer player to make it, I'm excited. Uh, We saw Victor Bezerra signing with the Chicago Fire. Um, The Toronto FC has a new head coach, uh, one of the kind of famous men or American men's soccer head coaches in. Bob Bradley. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how he, where he lands. Uh, Charlotte FC is an expansion team. They have the number one pick. Uh, FC Cincinnati has a number two pick. He could stay relatively close for at least Hoosier fans. Uh, unlikely that he goes to Charlotte to team up with Bezerra. He's number seven, or Charlotte has a number seven pick, but. Who knows? Maybe maybe that's the case. I know there's a handful of goalkeepers that are expected to go in the first round, so maybe someone jumps up and takes a different goalkeeper, but we will see. would be cool to see Bezerra and Celentano stay teammates. Um, but regardless, I'm excited to see Celentano get uh, a shot to play professionally. Uh, we'll cover that for you next week when the Super Draft happens. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to preview the women's basketball game. 
uh, talk a little bit more about the men's basketball team. We're going to have a special guest for you for Thursday's episode, Trey Demps, who's uh, you guys have probably seen as an analyst on the Big Ten Network, is going to come by. We're going to talk IU men's basketball. We're going to preview that Ohio State game for Thursday. Super excited to have him come by and uh, and chat with us a bit. And then I believe Jared will join us for Friday's episode, a reaction to hopefully a victory for the Hoosiers against Ohio State on Thursday. So jam-packed week. Uh, make sure your second listen today, though, guys, is the Locked on Bets podcast. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Appreciate all the love. If you can, take a moment, leave us a rating. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, we love to tweet during the games. love to interact with you guys during games. So give us a follow over there. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great Tuesday in LEO.